Hello and welcome to the Cougar Sports Show, and thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, coming to you from the University of Sioux Falls in South Dakota. Each week, we interview USF coaches to get the latest inside scoop on all things Cougar sports. Today, I'm here with USF head baseball coach, Grant Keeb, and his pitching coach, Rob Hershoff. Guys, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. So let's start off with a little background on Coach Heeb. He actually played a senior season here at USF and was first team all GPAC. He came back to the Sioux Falls baseball program in 2009 as an assistant coach and is currently in his seventh year as head coach. Just recently, Heeb hit 100 career wins as head coach. How has hitting this milestone really motivated you and the rest of the team as conference gets rolling? Well, I mean, it motivates me to hopefully to get there quicker the next 100 that's my goal my my little brother was giving me a hard time and i said hey we did lose a season with covid so it's more like six and, uh, and a quarter <laughs> you know but no it just the guys i didn't even realize it to be honest we were just focused on trying to play better and win some games so it's a good goal it's great to have it happen but yeah we're just looking to get more and so i had said that you came to USF your senior season. You were at two schools before that. What drew you to USF? That was before the transfer portal, too. So okay. that was rare. No, I just, uh, you know, being from Sioux Falls, playing high school ball here, I played town team ball around here, and the coach from USF back then, Coach Langenfeld, every summer kind of just talked to me about, you know, hey, why aren't you playing here? Why don't you come back home? And so finally after my junior year at Grandview, I was like, yeah, I'd like to be closer to my parents and play at home. And so I came back, and it worked out because – ended up you know being a head coach here so yeah and what was different about USF's program in comparison to those other schools that you played at <laughs> that's uh they're everything everything it was more USF was more of a glorified high school at that point and the coach then he always gives me a hard time of what he had to work with and how they practice in the gym and everything and so yeah once we made that jump to division two and went NCAA it's you know we've the facilities everything school's grown it, it's changed a ton you know so good changes too yeah Hirsch you played baseball at SDSU what made you decide to go there well a couple things I guess I actually grew up in Brookings so I was right there and uh, had attended a lot of SDSU events athletic events baseball especially Um, and and yeah kind of a unique story I was a hockey baseball guy and I was had a couple of smaller offers to play hockey and I was a little bit of a late bloomer in baseball I was a catcher who couldn't hit up until my junior year and then I grew quite a bit and became a pitcher that, I mean, had a lot of upside, but was still pretty raw. So I got an opportunity actually to walk on right away at SDSU from uh, Coach Mark Eklund. And like Coach Heeb said, being close to family was important to me as well. And, you know, a good majority of my family lives in Brookings and kind of decided like my biggest upside was in baseball. So I decided to take the opportunity to go to SDSU and uh, had a great time there and enjoyed my time there. Yeah, you said you played hockey. That's like not popular in South Dakota from what I'm aware. Did you play like club hockey or? Yeah. Because they yep. don't have high school hockey. Yeah, it, correct. It's grown quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's um, a club sport. It's not affiliated with the high school. And I think right now there's 13 communities in South Dakota that have hockey. And uh, I actually ref, coincidentally ref a lot of hockey throughout my life. And my nephew is a player. Uh, for the Brookings Rangers, who actually just got second in the national tournament, USA Hockey National Tournament. So kind of a a fun side note about hockey. But, yeah, we were a hockey baseball family growing up. And like I said, my nephew's kind of followed in the footsteps. Yeah, he watches a lot of his nephew's games on the bus to try Mm -hmm. to stay with him. So, What would you say made you choose baseball over hockey? Probably, I mean, the biggest thing, just enjoying it a little bit more. And and like I said, I was intrigued by – 
the opportunity of what I could do as a pitcher because I really didn't start pitching full time until you know midway through my junior year, and like I said, could throw pretty hard. Sometimes not always exactly where I wanted to, or didn't always know exactly where it was going. But yeah, just intrigued a little bit more about the potential and playing at a bigger school. Any opportunity I would have had to play hockey would have been Division three, you know. So. I think those two things are the biggest reason. So as former collegiate athletes yourselves, what advice are you guys able to provide to your student athletes? I mean, in general, just time management. A lot of things, nutrition. I mean, we're trying to get our athletes to get bigger and stronger. They're getting up early, lifting weights, doing things like that. So we're trying to compete with this conference. It's it's one of the best in Division Two. So there's a lot of things we're trying to give them advice on, but a lot of it is just managing their time because, you know, they're, they want to have fun. They want to hang out with their friends, but – you also got to get your schoolwork done. You got a lot of stuff to do with baseball. So that's probably the number one thing. I mean, if you can get out of here, they all, I mean, we have some good kids. So they all grow into, I think, good good men as they leave. But it's just, you know, you got to be able to hear, be responsible, be able to manage your time. Because once you get a job, it's if you show up late, you're probably going to get fired if you continue to do stuff like that. So just basically how to be better men and go on in life and do well. Yeah, <clears throat> and then a, a little bit along those same lines, uh, kind of a cliche or a saying that I like, if I only knew then what I know now, that's a big part of, I mean, kind of how I frame a lot of stuff coaching, but I mentioned to him the other day, talking about our own careers and different stuff like that, I was probably all in on, on everything for my last year, which is probably pretty common, you know, hey, it's my last year, I'm going to go all in and just try to plant that seed in their head early, hey, what if you did that for all four years, or what if you got after that just a little bit earlier, and li like he said, with guys getting bigger and stronger, and me personally, from my playing career, seeing the results of going all in, especially on like weight, strength, nutrition, stuff like that, and how much better I got on the mound, how much harder I could throw, and then, like I said, just trying to get a group of guys that want to work that hard, and, and make those individual games, which obviously will translate into team gains and, and obviously more wins at the end of the day but just trying to plant that seed in their head like I said of like what if you went all in all four years here you know I think that's a really great mindset to have as a team so you said that you feel like you bring in like a lot of really good guys good people who is kind of in charge of this recruiting process oh we we do it together he he kind of hits the trails more now that I got kids getting older and so I kind of handle more of the closer community and he's and Pitching in, isn't the number one thing in baseball. If you can pitch, you're in every game. You know, that's kind of like defense. If you can play good D and it go hand in hand. So him being the pitching coach, he likes to see the guys pitch. So he's – and these kids, I mean, they're traveling all over now with travel balls and they want they think they can, you know, go further away they go, they're going to get more exposure. And that's not necessarily the case because a lot of them end up playing within five hours of their home because they want to be close to their parents. So – yeah, we do it together. I mean, and that's something I think we've gotten and I've gotten just being a head coach a lot better at over the last seven years is kind of getting to know the kid better <clears throat> through the, throughout the process. And like he said, finding guys that want to really work hard and get after it. And that's one of the big things. Guys that are like, sorry, but like obsessed with baseball. We want guys that that their I mean, number one thing is baseball, you know, and. We're getting guys that, that they want to work hard, and that's the biggest thing because they all work hard when we're watching at practice. It's what they do when we're not there at home and outside of practice, you know, to get better. Where are you primarily bringing in recruits from? Is it South Dakota, Minnesota, like surrounding areas, or are you getting some, like, Colorado, Arizona? Yeah, I mean, I would say the four or five state region by and large. You know, we've had a little Arizona pipeline that was prior to – me being here with the old pitching coach, you know, but mostly there. And like Coach Heeb said, uh, 
kids generally want to stay closer to home. But what has gotten tricky to elaborate a little bit on the travel ball scene is, again, a lot of these guys are going to tournaments that are, you know, five, six, ten hours away, but they're from closer to here, so I'm going. And, and like you said, I usually take the longer trips going a further distance to get or almost twice the distance to see kids play relative to where they live at home, which is an interesting dynamic. And that's just the nature of travel ball. That could be a whole separate podcast if we wanted to get into the <laughs> pros and cons of all that stuff. There's a lot of good to it, but there's some stuff there, especially uh, that and we, <laughs> may be better to stay local. But, yeah, mostly that I would say the 4-5 state area. And we worked hard to get into Omaha baseball with the World Series, the Division One College World Series being there. The kids really love baseball, but it seems like the harder we've worked in Nebraska too, we've gotten more Minnesota kids. Our upcoming class is a lot, and which I like because they all are familiar with the Northern Sun. They understand the weather because it's not yep. <laughs> this is not ideal weather to be playing in for. And so if you can't handle the cold, you're at a disadvantage, you know. And so. Those are, I mean, and yeah, it's been it's been good. Our recruiting's getting a lot better from winning ball games to getting our record better every year. It's it's improved our recruiting a ton. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I'm I'm from Minnesota too, and so I was really familiar with the Northern Sun Conference before I came here. And it's fun to be able to play so close to home. I feel like that's a really big selling point to a lot of those kids. Since you've been here for the past two years, what has been your favorite part of the USF community? Well, I mean, I like the fact that it's smaller and you get to know a lot of the people. Um, something on a bigger campus, you know, always get the opportunity to do, especially, you know, um, over in the athletic offices at the Stewart Center, you know, I've got to know a good majority of all the other coaches, whether it be, you know, talking about their teams or figuring out how we're going to share the dome or any of that stuff. I'd say that's uh, probably the best part of, you know, any uh, smaller um, community or campus is the intimacy that you get and the access that you can get to meet you know, as many people as possible. How about you, Heeb? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew that from going here, that it's a smaller community. And I used to get, you know, <laughs> recruits from Arizona, and they'd be, like, looking at me kind of weird because everybody's so nice. Everybody's <laughs> holding doors. And I'm just like, yeah, that's it's just the way it is around here. People are very nice. They're not trying to pull something over on you. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's nice. I mean, I used to be over in Glidden kind of buried in the basement and it was kind of nice to be to get nobody would bother me and I always could get work done but now that we moved over to the stew a couple of years ago it is nice being closer to the other athletic coaches and getting to know them better and just yeah just talking about their teams because you you know they're all going through the same thing they all have girls or boys getting hurt and guys you know people not getting to class on time and whatever it <laughs> might be and so it's just like it's good to people because your wife you know she you might be able to talk to her but she doesn't necessarily know exactly how you're dealing with 18 to 22 year old dudes every yeah day, you know? <laughs> so it's a it's a different grind but but we love it yeah and it, and it's the people here that make it you know it's it's we joke sometimes that you know pam and everybody's like an octopus they're doing eight nine different jobs at once but they all nobody complains everybody works hard and and we all make it work and, and that's what everybody i think likes about usf yeah, so what really drew you back here, like, to coach after your playing career? Pretty much my wife. <laughs> she she wanted to get – we were on the West Coast. She wanted to get back closer to family. We're, our, both our families are here, so we came back. And then just my love for baseball and being around the game, I talked to the old head coach, Giuliano, and he let me volunteer and start helping. And then I was like, well, I need to make something. So I started coaching Legion Ball in Brandon and did that for, I don't know, seven, eight years and then got this – head job just worked my way up the ladder and uh once I took over I was like there's this I gotta say bye to 
you know, prep baseball. It was way too much work to be a head coach here. So, no, it's been a great change, but it's you, sometimes you miss the actual baseball side of it because I'm basically on the phone right now trying to find fields, trying to make sure the temperatures are warm enough. It's just – and this winter has been worse than any winter I've had. I mean, as far as the snow, we've never had this much snow in the last, I can remember, 20 years or so. And That's so, crazy. So it's just, yeah, we're, we're going to be working today, wheelbarrow and – the snow from the fence because we have a really tall right field fence and so the, the snow doesn't melt so we spent three hours out there last weekend saturday and we'll be out there in shifts today trying to get it but the guys want to play at home they're tired of getting on the bus and traveling south to play but i mean that's the thing we'll play anywhere we, we want to play these guys came to get an education and play ball so i try to do whatever i can to get them on the field yeah, and you guys are playing at the Canaries Field, correct? Yep, yep. You, last year you were in Brandon while they were re-turfing the field. Yeah, in that field, I know, gave Rob nightmares. Uh, <laughs> it was a little bit smaller. The high school fields that we sometimes have to use when our fields aren't ready, just because they have turf and then they're they're ready earlier in the season, those are usually dimensions are smaller. And so we'd play at the birdcage, and you know how the wind blows in South Dakota. There'd be some days where it's blowing out, and you could hit a pop fly to shallow outfield, and it would carry over the fence, and it was just like you felt defenseless out there. So this year, going back to the birdcage will be awesome. That field, the turf looks sweet. I've, the pictures I was showing Pam this morning because we – Showing her kind of where the tur- what the what the outfield snow looked like, and she was like, "Whoa, that turf looks nice." And I was like, "Yeah," it's- <laughs> and it just makes our life so much easier not having to deal with the clay and the I'm sure the, the dirt and the and the moisture coming up from the ground and just the- especially in the spring. In the summer, it's a different story, but this early, it's tough up north, you know. So yeah, that's bringing back the home field advantage for you guys mm-hmm. for sure. And Hirsch, what brought you? Well, yeah, kind of an interesting story. So, yeah, um, I was coaching uh, high school in Legion for a long time in Brookings there and uh, kind of got it uh, going pretty good. We we won the state championship first time ever in Brookings in 2012, and we were putting out uh, quite a few college players. So I was talking more and more to college coaches and, and at that point kind of intrigued by uh, – going to the next level and I ended up not exactly the college level but getting a job in the Northwoods League which is like a collegiate woodbat summer league that's uh consisting mostly of division one players which I was really excited about and did that for a couple of years but then a few different reasons uh kind of got burned out um and actually took a break from coaching um and opened up a business and like I said I was roughing a lot of hockey and uh doing some of that stuff thinking I was possibly done with coaching um you know, but then through a different um, series of events, I took a job as the pitching coach for the organization in Brookings. They made a coaching change. Um, I get back in as the head coach, and two years later, I've decided if I'm going to do this, I want to do it full time. So I was actually at that point thinking about opening up an indoor business, um, a training facility. Of probably be the best way to say it, which are becoming a lot more popular now as a way to make baseball my full-time job. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I want to have baseball be my full-time job. And then the pandemic hit, and then like all of us, we probably had a couple months to ponder everything. And <laughs> I just kind of decided then that I want to do baseball full-time, and I was going to you know, try to find some opportunities in the college game. And not too long after that, it was kind of crazy how it worked out. Coach Heeb reached out, and I think we had just talked about something just baseball-related. You know, we've been – Friendly, you know, known each other for quite a while, probably 10 years. Um, 
and kind of got talking. And I think around that same time, he might have already known, I'm not sure, but his pitching coach was kind of looking for other opportunities, get closer to family, again, a common theme. Um, and he left, and then we kind of got talking about, and he offered me this job. And like I said, I timing couldn't have been better for me. Like I said, I thought at times, you know, maybe I'd miss my boat to get back into college or higher-level baseball. I enjoyed high school baseball, but the one thing you don't get to do at that level is recruit the players that you want. You know, you got what you got, and you got to try to make the best of it. So that was a really intriguing opportunity. And like I said, thankful that Coach Heap reached out to me and, you know, really enjoyed. Now I've been here almost two full years. This is the start of my third season. I took over at semester. So, yeah, that's kind of a long-winded answer of, you know, how I got to USF as a pitching coach. Yeah, that's awesome. So you said you've been here for almost two years, or a little over two yeah. years. How have how many new pitchers have you brought in, and has the program really seen a shift in the style of pitching? Yeah, I mean, it's been really interesting um, how our pitching staff was evol- has evolved. You know, when I got here, we were um, a little short in the depth category, and uh, it's a common uh, currency, probably the best way to say it is velocity in baseball. Pretty below average there, but we had a a good core group of guys that really knew how to pitch. Like I said, below average velocity, but they really knew how to pitch. And like I said, those were generally our starting pitchers the last two years. And then we moved one of our better guys that probably our best pitcher to the back end, you know, commonly referred to as a closer in uh, baseball. And, you know, pieced together, I think we've been right at about 500, you know, and, and as a lot of those guys have moved on and some of the holdovers that you know we maybe thought we could get a more talented guy moved on and you know we got some transfers in right now I think of our travel or pitchers that travel I think probably eight or nine have been at different schools got um, a little bit smaller group of freshmen that are really talented right now and then have a huge group of pitchers coming in next year and that was my second year out recruiting, but I had really learned a lot. And like I said, or Coach Heeb said, winning games has helped us a lot in the recruiting. So, you know, if you count two-way guys, which is guys that will maybe play a position and pitch, we'll probably have like 13 or 14 uh, new pitchers coming in this next year. Um, and, and then finally, I think, get get it to where I've recruited the guys, I see something I like, and then we can kind of just start uh, building a pitching staff together Um you know, with guys that we think can help us get to where we need to be at the top of the league. How many pitchers does a team usually carry? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> last year we had 28, <laughs> which is an extraordinarily <laughs> That's high more than number. our soccer roster. Yeah. And, and, and now that's with the JV program, and, and our roster has gone down from 55 to 45. Ideally, we've talked about probably 20 to 20. One, depending on how many guys, like I said, play a position and pitch. Wow, <laughs> about twenty, about twenty pitchers, because we carry a forty-five man roster, and just to play JV, we travel typically 12, 13, 14 maybe pitchers, because we have a few guys that pitch and play the field, and so, yeah, it just depends. But you can never have enough pitching, never. Guys get arms just get hurt at a higher rate, I feel like, than ever because they all want to throw so hard, and you train differently than they used to. And so our best arm last year as probably a freshman, not best arm, but like one of our one of our top arms. Sorry, he and he we were really excited about him. He blew out his elbow over the summer pitching in Colorado, so he uh, had Tommy John, and he's out this year, but. You know, he's, he'll be back. He, he was only a freshman, and so he's got three more years. And so, like he said, we have a couple other freshmen that have been logging some innings. And we have, 
a decent amount of transfers out of a year back. I mean, we're we're relatively young all over. I mean, on, on, on both sides of the ball. I mean, pitching and and in the field. So we're excited about the future. We just you know, right now it's it we haven't been playing as well as we would have liked, but. Yeah, that's exciting. Obviously, you're going to have that period of growth before you can really dominate. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the 2022 season. Off the top of your heads, could you tell us your record? Yeah, we were, I think, even 500 going into the playoffs. And then I actually had an 8-1 lead on St. Cloud and, and couldn't get it done and lost and then lost to Duluth and ended up 25-27. and 27. But which was a big stride um, before Rob was here. I mean, we, we were we had a couple rough years um, when I first took over and just getting the guys we wanted, and so it it was fun for that senior group to go out with a, a you know back to back conference tournament. So I was hoping they could get a win in there for, for all they had done for the program. But they're the reason we have better recruits. They're the reason that we won more games. And I mean. Because you players want to go somewhere where they think they can win and compete, you know, and so it does help. I feel tremendously, and it's shown in the guys we have committed right now. How many teams advance to the conference tournament? It's eight out of fifteen. Fifteen. Who doesn't have a Morehead? Morehead. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so, like looking back on the end of last season, what are your feelings? Were you disappointed? Happy? Hopeful? Like. What what did you walk away with that from? I mean, we were all pretty disappointed that we thought we could have beat St. Cloud and, and, and had a chance to put ourselves at least in the winner's bracket and then had a couple more shots to win a game. But we were, I mean, pr we were proud of our guys. It was a good season. I mean, just from where we had been when I took over the program to getting in back-to-back -back and yeah, tournaments, it, it was a good, I mean, it was a good year. So looking back, what were some of your weaknesses as a team last season? Oh, that's a good question. It seems like it's been an eternity because I'm so focused on this year's team. Um, I don't know. We just uh, at times we didn't play as well at defense and pitch it as well. I mean, just consistency probably was our biggest thing. But we got we got a lot better over the course of the year, and that's kind of been a common theme with just being indoors over the winter and then getting going south and playing teams that have already been outside for a few months before, or at least a month before we get down there to play. And that's, that's I mean, a big advantage in baseball. It's not like an indoor sport. And so anyways, um, I don't know, just overall, just, just getting better, I mean, at the plate, you know, just guys getting more confident, getting experience, a lot of that stuff. I mean, a few years ago, I was playing freshmen. Like, we were we were winning not many games, and so I was bringing in freshmen, telling them, you got a chance to play right away. We aren't playing any freshmen. Everybody's redshirting. A lot, most of the position players are redshirting and getting a year to get bigger and stronger and then playing because we just got more talented guys, you know, but that wasn't the case five years ago. But, no, I mean, just overall, just getting overall just bigger and stronger. Like, <laughs> one of the common things when Rob came in was, like, we didn't look physically as big and strong as the other teams. And now we're starting to get there. Like, you look at our team, we're like, oh, yeah, we belong. You know, it's, it's so that's, that's, awesome. that's a big deal. So what's the biggest thing that you're looking to improve upon from the 2022 season? Just overall pitching. I mean, just it's tough to replace some starting pitching like we had just to get hopefully some guys. We were looking for some guys to fill those roles, and that's those were some big shoes. We lost a, a a senior, Andrew Maslowski, who we thought was going to come back. He had another year of eligibility, but he decided to go and uh, become a copy. Actually, just went through the police academy and graduated. We went and watched him. It was kind of cool a couple weeks ago. So, no, we just lost some guys that we didn't, you know, we thought we're going to we're going to have some some guys step up that we weren't sure if they were ready for that role. So we're still trying to kind of sort that out this year. Yeah. So who are this year's captains, and what leadership roles are they playing on the team? Oh, we got Caleb Dittmerson, Noah Christensen, Brady Clare, um, Ben Surrey, 
and Cole Schumacher. And, I mean, they all kind of play different roles, to be honest. Uh, Schumacher, he's really quiet, but, like, a leader in, like, the way he goes about his business, you know. And then uh, Caleb Dittmerson, unfortunately, his dad's been diagnosed with cancer, so he's been going back and forth, and he's kind of our ace and been our best arm in the last year or so. And so... He hasn't been on all of our trips, and so that's kind of really hurt just not having him. You know, he's kind of a guy when he takes the ball, the boys are like, yeah, we got to go win this game. And just seeing him go, you know, having to deal with that, it's been tough for them. So he's been – he was along this last week, and now I think he's going to be able to come and and be with us. So that will be big, I think, just to have him back around and and get him back throwing like he was would be big for our team because we really need him. And then Brady, he's kind of like Schumacher. He's he's an outfielder, Brady Clare, that – you know, just does everything the right way and doesn't say much at all. And has kind of been more vocal, which we need in the dugout from some of our older guys because we just don't have a lot of a lot of guys are kind of filling them out. And then Noah Christensen, I, I, he's like exactly what you want as a player, as a coach, I should say. He he, he doesn't say a word. But I, I mean, <laughs> to the coach, he's a sponge. He'll You tell him something and he'll soak it up and, and go out and do it, you know. And so, yeah, they've all, I mean, I'm forgetting one of them. I'm trying to think who it is right now. Ben. Ben. Oh, he's my guy. Ben, he's just <laughs> – he, I mean, he's a first baseman infielder that we've turned into a pitcher, and he's been one of our best pitchers. And and it's just because he just competes. He doesn't – I mean, he's just uh, – nothing phases him. And I just tell Coach Rob here, like, man, if I could have all my pitchers compete like him, like, I'd, I'd take 10 of him on the field every game, you know. And so – No, they're a good group, and they're all, I mean, this is their first time some of them have been captains and been in these kind of roles, and so it's different for them, you know, they're not very vocal group. Like, we were joking that our infield doesn't talk it up as much as, like, when I was in the outfield, people would tell me to shut up because I I talk too much, you know, and so, I don't know, it's like we're not in the library, guys, this is supposed to be fun, Let's let's talk it up, so... I don't know. They're learning, and we're getting better. And it was good to see they've been playing. They play hard. I mean, that's one thing. I mean, they they and if they didn't play hard, it'd be like, oh man, these boys are quitting. But no, they they've been competing, and we're gonna get more wins. We're gonna keep getting better. But it's just I wish the season was a hundred games, not fifty. You know, that's so we have more time to work with them. Hirsch, who are some of those standout pitchers that are really stepping up this year? Well, yeah, um, like Coach Heap said, you know, Caleb was uh, our best guy probably last year, and. Uh, it was probably just one bad outing from possibly being an all-conference type guy. He pitched really well for us. And in the unfortunate situation where sometimes life becomes a little bit more important than baseball, and he's been away. And so he hasn't really gotten in a groove. But uh, he's definitely one of our more talented guys. Cole Schumacher's been pitching a lot better lately. And like Coach Heap said, uh, no-nonsense guy, and he really exerts leadership in the way I think is most important out there by example. Um, and, and then the guy that's really stepped up this year who didn't get a lot of opportunities last year is Grayson Skinner. He was kind of a bullpen guy. He was at Miles City Community College prior to coming here and uh, was a catcher, pitcher, outfield, kind of played everywhere, and we converted him into a pitcher. And he's pitched uh, really well. I mean, probably overall been our most consistent guy as far as a starting pitcher. Um, and, and then, like Coach Heeb said, uh, Ben Suri, who has our, been our starting first baseman, and we knew he had a good arm, and he pitches in the summer. Um, and I've seen him throw a football, or I saw him throw a football last year, and I was like, we got to get Ben on the mound. <laughs> you know, and, and so we did, and uh, he's been really good for us. He's actually started the last couple of times. And that's the biggest thing is 
we need another guy or two to step up on the mound. Like I said, Cole Wright is a true freshman who's uh, been starting quite a few games for us and has really good stuff. You know, it's been in and out of the strike zone a little bit too much to get deep into games, but a really talented guy. And then another true freshman, we've had Logan Anderson, and it's been good. Those are some of the guys who either have been good or if we're going to get it turned around exactly where we need to be, I mean, need to kind of step it up. And, and, and excuse me, probably the the biggest bright spot besides Grayson has been uh, Garrett Oswald. He, uh, We haven't really solidified bullpen roles, but just our first win against Bemidji this weekend, he came in, and, and I've been kind of stashing him away as our closer, but we have been behind a lot, you know, which doesn't give you the opportunity to get it to some of your late-game guys. So we brought him in a little bit earlier, I believe in the seventh, to just kind of stabilize the game. And I'm like, get us one or two innings, and we'll figure it out after that while well, – the game ended up going 12 innings. I think Garrett ended up going five innings, gave up zero runs, and we found a way to uh, scratch a couple across in the 12th, and he held on. So that was a really impressive performance, you know. So Garrett definitely didn't uh, mean to forget about Gio, but, yeah, he's definitely been a transfer that we brought, and it's helped us out a lot in a lot of different ways, not just on the mound. Yeah, when you say closers, <clears throat> how many different pitchers do you cycle in a game? Well, and <laughs> Hopefully one. <laughs> yeah. No, so like uh, the preseason, it's a little different. You're kind of building guys up, and then Florida is a whole different animal where you're playing a bunch in a week. But when we get to conference, we play five conference games a week. So generally most teams, you would need five starting pitchers, and that's the biggest thing in baseball. The probably most valuable currency is starting pitching. If your starter can pitch deep into games, which – consistently the teams at the top of the league their starters do do that then a lot of times you need one or two relievers you know and on the weekend series you know if it's one inning a lot of guys can go back to back days so I would say nine ten guys in conference probably eat up most of the innings um, like coach Heeb said we'll usually travel about 12 or 13 so there'll be a few guys you use that you're trying to work in as a young guy to get a little experience inning here inning there a couple guys that may pitch a little bit more if you get behind or ahead by a bunch but yeah I mean the biggest thing if you're the less guys the better start, yeah starter can pitch six seven innings I mean that really shortens the game up and gives you a chance to have your betters better pitchers pitch more often which sounds so simple but like if you fall behind a lot of times you know your less talented pitchers pitch more often than probably you'd like you mentioned, I want to say their names were Cole and Logan, freshmen. Are those the only two freshmen not redshirting this season? And have they had an impact on this team at all? Or what, what is yeah, their role Yeah, for sure. Been? They both have, have logged innings on the mound. Cole's been a starter that we're trying to build for the future that we think will be a dog for us. I mean, to be honest, his stuff is good. It's just a matter of him getting more control and being over the plate more and trusting that if they put it in play, our defense is going to make plays. Don't you know? Because walks kill us. That's what in the beginning of the year we were walking too many guys. You can't defend walks, and so it's just either free passes are killing us. And so we've gotten better and starting to clean that up. It's reappeared once in a while, but that's pitching. You're not going to be perfect. You know, you, you're going to you're going to walk some guys here and there. But yeah, Logan definitely. He's been a guy out of the pen. That same type of deal. If he, there's been times he's not in the zone enough, but when he is, his stuff plays. He's, he he throws hard and he's a big boy that's going to get better. So both those two we're going to be leaning on, and we're we're willing to take some lumps with them because we feel like it's going to pay off in the future. You know, and so yeah, giving them that experience. No doubt, no doubt. So yeah, and next year it'll probably be more to like five or six. We have a lot of good freshmen coming in, and we're really excited. And uh, 
and we're losing it like Cole and, and Caleb. And so we're going to be, you know, having to f- fill some, some roles again. And we're willing to, I mean, cause we feel like all these position players are all come back. We're not starting right now, any seniors. And so, wow. Yeah, which is not what I intended, but that's, you know, how it just shook out. And so, yeah, no, which is exciting for the future, but I'm still trying to win right now. (laughs) (laughs) So looking at your roster, are there any other players that have been playing key roles on the team this year? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a couple of my younger guys um, that redshirted last year, David Swanson, Dane Small, both Nebraska kids that really are hard workers, and it showed, it paid off. That redshirt year can be... You can make a lot of gains or you can sit at home and do nothing while we're on the road. And those boys got after it and they're both starting and been swinging it well and been contributing and guys that I'm really excited about having for the next three years because they're starting to learn. I like to run the bases aggressive. I like to do like we bunt a lot more than a lot of teams. We just I just feel like bunting can be a weapon if you know how to do it. And so we do things that they're kind of learning and they're starting to figure out. And so. You know, that's that's I'm excited. And there's another my second baseman, Tyler Kate. He's a, a guy who can really bunt. And uh, he 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 bunted a couple of times on on Bemidji. One time their pitcher fell over trying to field it because <laughs> he just can place it wherever he wants. And it's it's fun to watch when he does it. And yeah, and I've had another Isaac Bonner, who's a kid who's been kind of a backup the last few years, who's gotten his opportunity this year and has really swung it pretty well and has been playing first base when when Ben pitches and uh, he's got a really good glove and he's just always had a great attitude and been a great teammate. And so it's good to see guys like that who stay work, put in the grind, haven't, you know, when, when they get their opportunity, maybe two, three years in, they take advantage of it. And so, yeah, it's just good to see that. And hopefully we can have some more guys step up as the season goes on. For sure. So you guys were just in Florida over spring break at the beginning of March. Was the team able to kind of make improvements and fix upon things from your time in Colorado just a few weeks before? And overall, how did Florida go? I went not as well as we planned, but it was a really tough schedule. And by far the toughest schedule we played as far as non-conference, Florida and Pitt State, Metro State, and Colorado Springs. I mean, all good good opponents. So it was good. I looked when I set it up. You don't know necessarily till you know a few months before who you're playing in Florida. But the UCCS and the and the other series, I had you know intended on being tough. I wanted to play tough opponents. I wanted to prepare these guys for the for the conference play. It didn't really work out as we had planned because we kind of lost some confidence and, uh, you know, just went into into our beginning of our conference play not how I intended. I kind of thought we'd, we'd win a few more games, be more confident, be more prepared. And so, you know, now we've kind of get, getting caught up to where I thought we would be a few weeks ago, and so which is good. We're starting to play better, and uh, that's the whole goal is to continue to play better, make the conference tournament, and be playing your best ball at the end of the year. But... Yeah, no, it's good just getting a week in Florida. I, I mean, I'm obviously the goal is to go down there and win every game, but just to get outside in nice weather and be able to be on a field, it feels like baseball, you know. And then you come back home and you got more snow than you've ever seen. It's like, <laughs> whoa, this is crazy. But no, it was it was it was good. The guys love it. The camaraderie, the the building, the relationships. I mean, it's what I remember about you know being in college is going on spring trips with my buddies and. Those are just fun memories, you know? Yeah, so you had said that there was kind of a little bit of a hit to to the confidence of the team during your time in Florida. And baseball is a pretty mental sport, especially for pitchers and batters. You can really get in your own head. How how are you able to get that confidence back up? Win uh, games. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Win a game or two. You know, beating Bemidji, we, we were up 7 nothing 
and and Caleb, our our ace, was on the mound, and he looked rusty, and he didn't throw like he has been, and it was kind of expected, and we were hoping he could beat Bemidji with not his best stuff, and we had to go to the pin because they came all the way back, and that was the game that Garrett came in and grinded out five innings in relief and did what we haven't been able to do is bring in the bullpen guys and stabilize a game so our offense can win it. And so that was big. And like, that's how you get confidence is by winning. It's funny. We winning solves a lot of problems, you know, <laughs> like when things, when you're losing, everybody is upset. Nobody's happy. And so, yeah, no winning solves a lot. And then we bounced the next, yes, yesterday we came out and played really well and, and beat them pretty good. And that was, that was good to see because we just need to get more confidence. It's, I, I mean, I literally had to talk to him before the game about just, they all can hit. We've, oh, there's a reason we recruited you. We've seen you play good, but you know, when you struggle, you start thinking your mechanics, you start, and you can't hit like that. You can't be in there thinking about walking guys because you're going to walk them. That's what happens. And you just got to go and, and pitch and trust your, what you've been practicing all year. And so they're starting to realize that and get more confidence. And so hopefully, you know, all these teams that have seen us play poorly or were like thinking, oh, yeah, circle them. Now they're going to start getting the team that we kind of expected these next, you know, month, a month and a half. Yeah, and the one thing I'd add to that that I see a lot of times this year and prior, when you lose a lot or you're on a losing streak, self-doubt creeps in a lot quicker or a lot more often or a lot sooner than you'd want it to, and that's what we see. You start to doubt, like Coach Heap said, your mechanics, you know, whatever the case, your swing, any of that stuff. So that's the one thing that I am always fearful on a losing streak is that guys are going to start to lose confidence or or self-doubt creeps in. So the best remedy for that, like we said, is winning games. What was your guys' preseason NSIC ranking? We were eighth. That's just the highest I've been since I got here, which probably was bad for us because I think the boys started feeling themselves that they were, <laughs> they were getting better and that people think we should be in the tournament. And and so, but you know, it was it was good because it showed that our hard work is starting to pay off and we're starting to climb up the rankings, which is what our goal is to get, you know, in that top five basically. And so far this year, for uh, NSIC games you've played, Minot, Duluth, and Bemidji, you were able to come out of Bemidji with two wins, but not Minot and Duluth. Are those historically good teams or? Minot had, had a, a coach take over when I took over the program here seven years ago. He went transfer heavy brought in a lot of players that were good ball players and pretty much turned that program around they were bad when I mean it's not very they were they were not where they are now now they're one of the top five teams in the league they got a new coach this year and I was talking to him before the game I said you you came in a pretty good spot with a lot of these older boys that have a clue how to play the game and have been around college and he said yeah I was fortunate these are good guys to come into because you know it's different inheriting a team with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores compared to a bunch of juniors and seniors so yeah Minot's been good they've been good the last few years and Duluth their coach I highly respect him he's always has his team prepared they're always you know they're up in the middle almost you know way up there so they're outside like the last out of anybody in our league but he always has his teams and so they're solid and we had a lead in the second game and and couldn't hold it down and I mean played them tougher and that was kind of when I started to see our boys starting to turn the corner you know like hey we're playing better you know this hopefully and we can go win the series against Bemidji and we did and that's a big step yeah we would have loved to take three games they have a a really good uh, ace, the Lavin kid, he, he beat us and threw really well. And so he's actually beat us the last two years, that kid. And so, I mean, we knew that would be a tough game. I'm just glad to win a series and get us moving in the right direction because, you know, like, like we talked about, confidence is big, and that's, that's what we needed. For people more unfamiliar with how baseball works, why did you play Minot three times and then Duluth and Bemidji twice? Because the weekend games, those are – 
three-game series. We usually play them on Saturday, Sunday. And the midweeks, we just play a doubleheader because it's only one game. And you, you can't play three games in one day. You could, but that's taxing on these boys. And so doubleheader's already long enough. If I had my way, it'd be just one nine-inning game every time because – I much I like being we we already are out there a couple hours prior to hit and do get ready for the game so you're out there for seven eight hours sometimes and if your pitching's bad, it's even longer. <laughs> and I think in, in college baseball or even in the north, the reason for double headers versus like pro ball, you know, they play a single game almost every day. It's travel concerns and weather. You know, I mean, if it's, we get a 55 degree day, we might as well play two games and money. On that day. Yeah, you know, a cost. You know, I mean, we would all the coaches would love to play Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, one game each day, but it's just is too much to stay overnight that many nights and stuff. You know, that's. As Division One, yeah. So you guys play SMSU tomorrow. Uh, by the time this comes out, you'll already have played them. But looking into that game, what's your mindset going into it, and what are your expectations for the team? Is this a game that you should win? Well, we play a doubleheader, so I mean, we're hoping so. They've been playing a lot better. They they're they're going to be a tough opponent. We were going over some scouting and stuff, and so I don't know. I mean. I mean, we hope we can win. It's, if, if we play, pitch it and play D, we'll be in the game. And they're definitely we swept them last year, but we've last before that we've been splitting with them a lot. And so, I mean, it could be we win both. We could lose both. I mean, I think they'll be both really close games. I don't know. It's kind of with these young boys. It's like who shows up, and it's going to be chilly. And so, hopefully, uh, you know that that's part of it too. Hopefully, our guys are ready to go. Yeah, and you said you're shoveling off the field. Are you playing that in Sioux Falls? I wish, no. <laughs> We're going to play that at Briar Cliff in Sioux City. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So you still have quite a few conference games left of the teams left to play. Who are going to be your biggest competitors, and who are you expecting to beat? <laughs> I don't even – I the way this season has started, I haven't even looked that far ahead. Um, <laughs> there's no there's no days off in this league. Like, there's nobody that I'm like, oh, well, we're going to get two wins that day and one win that – no. I mean, like, I mean, you know when you get to St. Cloud and you got Augie and Mankato, those have been perennial really good pitching teams and really tough teams. So you're like, we need to get some wins before we get to that those series because there's going to be dogfights. And then, yeah, I mean – Everybody else has kind of been chasing those schools just in the pitching side because that's how important pitching is in baseball. And so, I don't know. But, yeah, every series we're – I mean, our goal is if you can win the weekend series and split the weekend, you can get in the conference tournament. Typically, you just have to be at 500 or above, you know. And so, starting off 0-5, we got some work to do, you know. And so, we're going to have to win a few more series or, or sweep one of those midweeks. So, I don't know. I'm just taking it game by game. I'm not really getting that far ahead, to be honest. <laughs> and, and I would say that, you know, about this – game tomorrow or anyone as far as they expecting to be we're at the stage right now where we got to worry about what we're doing like i said pitch play defense find a way to score runs and not that the opponent is irrelevant but like when you're fighting for your life essentially we got to just figure out what we need to do to win a game and then the opponent obviously does matter but i think we're at the point where we're just trying to <laughs> do what we need to do and you know yeah. let the chips fall i was i was game. joking with one of the coaches that you know, I don't look at the other league when, when my team's struggling. I just focus on us. Like, I don't even – until we start playing to the level that we're capable of playing to, it doesn't really matter with other teams. But, yeah, basically every game is is, is to the point where we're, we're trying to win. It's a must, like, win the, the position we feel. But what, a couple of years ago when Rob came in, you know, we, we look back. We were 2-9 and nine to start the league play, and we just got swept by Mary, and we were literally walking out talking to the team, and – 
and we just kind of looked at each other like, you know, like, holy smokes, like we got to just start from square one and start just trying to get these guys' confidence up and get them better. And what do you know? We got a hot streak and we made it to the conference tournament. And then the next year we just started off better and played better the whole year. But it's just it just takes that. And then hopefully that's what we can do this year. But there's nothing guaranteed. You know, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Nobody's going to lay down. Everybody's trying to go get wins. So, you, yeah, you had said, like, kind of that hot streak was able to propel you into the conference tournament. What do you need to do this year to secure your spot? Stop walking, people. I was just going to say throw <laughs> strikes. Throw <laughs> strikes. That's the key. And it is. I mean, we, we, we're we trying to figure out the guys that we can trust, and we're starting to get there. And so that's the biggest thing. We didn't think it would take this long to sort out because some guys have shown flashes, and then the next time they can't they can't do it. And so it's like – just consistency, but yeah, that's the biggest thing is throwing strikes and just on the offensive side, I, I tell my guys swing at more strikes and lay off the balls. That's big time of hitting. They're getting us to swing at bad pitches. They're probably going to get us out. For the NSIC, do does only the winner of the conference go to nationals, or is there typically other teams that get bids? So regionals, it depends. It's, there's at large bids, but you have to start off your conference play down south well, and like St. Cloud State last year. Had a very good record, but they started off very slow. I think they went on like a 20-game, 21-game win streak during the season. Wow. But they had some tough early season losses to teams that didn't play that well throughout the year, and so they didn't get an at-large bid, and they were upset. And it is a disadvantage, like I said earlier, to go south and play teams that have been outside because my outfielders haven't even seen a fly ball. You know, we, we dropped more fly balls our first 10 games that I've seen ever, and it was just like, well, I know – it's not an excuse, but it's like, yeah, these guys really haven't been outside seeing balls off the bat. And so, yeah, you can get a regional bid. Augustana and Mankato have put themselves in position where you are good for consecutive years and you start to win those early season games and then you don't win the league, you can still get an at-large bid. But it's you got to be really good and you got to do it for years. Like it ain't like you just one year have a really good year and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a regional. It's you, And if you win the conference, everybody's goal is that because then you're automatically yeah, yeah, of course. in. Of course. Would you say that the, t- the culture of this team is different than teams you've had in the past? We're almost too nice. <laughs> you know, like we, 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 Garrett had got warned by the umpire for kind of talking under his breath and saying things to himself. And the ump might have thought it was a, uh, directed to the other team when he was walking off the field. And it was like, yeah, we need some guys that let it all hang out there and just are going to be a, 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 a warrior for us, you know, and like, not not be oh sorry I didn't mean to hit you with that no man I, I sorry I got a slip but I yeah I hit you like you know it's like it's just the dog in him and like Ben that's what I love about him he's got that and like we need more guys like that and not saying you can't be a nice guy and still be a good sportsmanship because we I mean we do have really good good guys but it's like we need a few guys that are just. Just kind of the other team doesn't like, you little know. Just, feisty. Yeah, it's just a little feisty. And I almost believe in like an alter ego in a sense of like, yeah, like me for instance. I'm a nice guy, I think, but like <laughs> when I'm out there competing, and I don't compete that much anymore. Coaching, there's a competitive aspect to that. You have to be a different person, and you can't worry about hurting other people's feelings. Or like Coach Heap said, if you accidentally hit somebody or whatnot, competition and. The rest of life aren't always the same thing, and I think some of our guys are starting to figure that out, and we're starting to figure out who some of those guys are, so hopefully we can keep it going. This is kind of random, but for as I've said before, not super familiar with baseball, why do you guys wear uniforms at the games? 
Yeah, that's what we used to joke with me and one of my other buddies. <laughs> what, if, what if a wrestling coach was out there and a single? <laughs> yeah, like, but why? I, I think it's just in case I want to get in there and pinch it at any moment, I can just step in, <laughs> tell my player to step down, and I st- if, see if I still got it. I don't know. It's interesting, probably because we're on the field and, like, just being out at third base box and, and coaching the boxes. It's just tradition of baseball. It'd be weird to be out there in, like, a suit. Or and half the time we're barely even in a baseball uniform. My pants nowadays they they're almost like sweats. And then you wearing a sweatshirt and a hoodie, you know, or something like a coat. Like <laughs> yeah, the days so of cold. just wearing a uniform are usually like in Florida. I'll break out the J because <laughs> it's like I don't ever get to wear this. You know, this is sweet. But in every other game, I'm wearing layers. Like thank goodness for all the the technology and all the the how much nicer this stuff is cuz i'm way warmer cuz it's it's not fun to be just standing there coaching i'd much rather be running around and playing in that in that temp but i don't know we still we keep coming back every year cuz <laughs> we're hoping that we're going to get that one spring that's going to be just gorgeous and i think that was covid i literally played outside with my son almost every day it seemed like that spring because 2020 it was gorgeous but Hopefully one of these years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if there's any recruits or aspiring college baseball players listening, why should they come play for you guys at this USF program? I mean, I think a lot of the guys come here to play for us, I think. And then it's word of mouth. The guys come. Like, we got some guys we wanted. And then it spreads. Those boys talk to their buddies back home. They say, oh, yeah, you don't want to play for Coach Heap or USF's (laughs) no fun or whatever. And I think it's – they. I mean, and and it's not like – I don't know. I just think they, they know we're going to work hard and we're going to be prepared. And, and, you know, we I don't know. They We love baseball and that if they want to come here and, and work hard and get better and try to compete for a conference championship, like that's what our goals are. And so and we're getting those guys like it took me longer than I wanted being in my seventh year. But and unfortunately, like our record doesn't reflect it, but we're getting there and we're getting better guys and better players. And yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, no, you kind of touched on it, but I think that's why he and I get along, and Gunner. I mean, I think we're baseball guys, you know, that I, I think treat players with respect, and but more than anything, you're going to do whatever it takes to win, and the process sometimes can be a little bit longer when you think of how long it takes to get all the type of players in line that you want, but I, I think the biggest thing is we're good guys to play for, and, and we love baseball, and we want to win. Like, if I was a high school player, that's three things I would look for in a coach, in a school, in a program. That's awesome. Guys, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Cougar Sports Show recorded at the University of Sioux Falls Media Center. You can listen to our show anytime on Spotify with new episodes every Thursday. I'm your host, Abby Whittington, and thanks again for tuning in.